0: Trent. Parth. It's our podcast, right? We we're, we have a podcast, and we're on it right now. You want to know something special about this episode?
1: It's the end of the year spectacular. That's true. You want to know another thing special about this episode? Tell me. It's our 75th episode.
0: Oh, I was just going to say this is also our second end of the year episode, mm-hmm. which is monumental in its own right. But yeah, almost to 100. Yeah. We've got twenty five to go. Do you think we'll make it? Unless one of us gets hit by a bus or something, I think yeah, truly lights are in our favor. I mean, I don't know about the statistics of uh, you know vehicular homicide, but stay off the streets, and I think we could get the triple digits, my friend. That'll yeah. be that'll be a big um, milestone. I get, but like after one hundred, where do you go from there? Two hundred. Yeah. Ugh. That, uh, I don't think we should talk about the possibility of that occurring. Wait, actually, like, will you be graduated from college by the time we hit 200?
1: No, I don't think I will have. Or, like, maybe. I mean, it depends how regularly we're able to put output. But if we go at the rate we've been going, I think we could be close. We could be, like, at 175 by the time I'm at college. Or out of college.
0: It seems like, like, this pod came out of the pandemic, And it's continued to span the pandemic. And we thought, like, oh, we're going to escape the pandemic and continue the pod. But it seems like the pandemic and the pod are, like, meant to coexist.
1: That's why the pandemic seems like it's never going to end. Because the people just want craft services too much, you know?
0: Yeah, no. uh, Secretly, Parth and I... We've
1: been genetically engineering Omicron, Delta.
0: I was just going to say, not to joke about something so serious, but we chemically engineered these... Variants and the base virus, because like with everyone trapped at home, all these industry professionals finally have time to talk with Parth and I. Because realistically, we probably wouldn't have been able to get our earliest interviews if not for the like, pandemic.
1: Yeah. So is this a horrible thing to joke
0: about? Like a little bit, right? Like I don't think we're joking. Like we're, we're like we're doing what we can. Like you know, get boosted, but um. Also, you know, listen to our show while you do the dishes. Like, you know, this life it gives and it takes. But let's, this is not only a podcast about movies, it's briefly a podcast about food for the first, like, five minutes or so. So, Parth, what have
1: you been eating? Well, Trent, as you saw for about ten minutes before we started recording, I was snacking on some Sour Patch Kids.
0: Thanks for the sound effect. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you held. You were eating an orange one, and um, I said, "Parth, is that a baby carrot?" And you, you,
1: you punked me. Um, like we were on. I didn't punk you so much as you were stupid and have l- uh, low visual
0: acuity. Stupid isn't the word I would use. I would say it was like a misunderstanding between friends. It was sort of like a mi- a miscommunication. Low visual acuity. Parth, I actually have twenty-twenty vision.
1: I could be a pilot. Um, so this I isn't... actually can't be, I can't be in the air force cause I'm colorblind, not to yeah. bring up my disability, but, um, yeah, it's tough out here.
0: Yeah. Speaking about parts disability, um, you want to know, uh, spot our listeners on Spotify. This one's for you. Uh, if you update the app, you will now finally be able to rate our show. I believe there's not a review portion. Is that true? There's
1: no, no words. It's just a what one the fuck is wrong with Spotify. Why is this so difficult to implement?
0: No. Couldn't agree more, but uh, now you don't even need to write complimentary words. You can just scroll to the top of our page and rate us five stars, and then that'll give us credibility, and then we'll become rich and famous, and Domino's Pizza will want to sponsor us, and then Parth and I can quit our day jobs. I think it's fucked
1: up that you can't leave reviews, but you know what else I think is fucked up? What? That I don't know what you've eaten.
0: Yeah, I had my shift meal at um at the restaurant i worked at in high school i'm just filling in to make some money because times are tough and um had a little panini and then i took a nap from 6 p.m to 8 p.m like people do and uh, then i popped right up and now we're now we're filming now we're doing a podcast and then again from 9 to 10 p.m am i right my napping, frankly, is none of your goddamn business. And if you don't put enough clips in this episode, people are going to come, they're going to come asking, Say, Parth, where's the audio clips? Trent always edits them into the discussions.
1: That's what our fans sound like. Is that true? Yeah. I'm leaving that in. You I asked them. Right? I asked them. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, though, is not one of those weeks. No, this week is the one time
0: out of the year where we break our mold. I guess we also have special episodes every now and then. I was going to say, like the Muppets episode, that shit was anarchy and the Oscar and the Oscar
1: specials which we have Oscar specials we also did the greatest living directors
0: yeah i guess the Oscar the Oscar special will come like 3 months from now
1: or i guess uh, 2 I, it's coming march 20th i have actually as of december 30th scheduled all of the i i've laid down the path for craft services for the next however much we have and we're good until the end of march
0: are you at liberty to give a loose roadmap to the fans of what they can expect in 2022 not 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 in terms of what we'll be covering but the the general hiatus is i think
1: we need to tell people ahead of time so they can plan plan ahead i think we're gonna record like a little small maybe like 15 20 minute long episode just to keep keep the fans happy after after our revenge of the sith discussion yeah with that'll be coming I, out Duck, co-hosts
0: J- january 2nd
1: yeah it will be coming out like 2 days after this episode comes out
0: yeah which i think is going to be like one of our best episodes in a while or at least one of our best discussions the, definitely discussions definitely discussions yeah
1: january 2nd we're going to be releasing our discussion and then the week after that january 9th we'll be maybe releasing like a 15 20 minute video basically or audio Saying what I'm saying here, which is that for the month of January, we are probably taking a hiatus. Because Parth and I are tired. We are tired, and we need time to recoup. It is our winter break, and, yeah. I guess
0: we need time to collect interviews for the upcoming months. Because, yeah. like, all of the interviews you've heard for the past six months, I would say were collected at the end of summer. and because- All the two. Yeah, doing them during the semester w- was pretty difficult. Even doing the discussions during the semester is kind of hard. Um, but we're trying our best here, people. We just
1: need a, a little,
0: a little, we need a few minutes to catch our breath. So forgive us. But when are we coming back?
1: We're coming back February and we're coming in with a movie, a sequel to a movie that's beloved by many. Then we're having a month long. It's a really long interview that's going to be that broken up be into broken several up. parts. Yeah. For, I think that's our first time we've ever done that. But this was kind of a monster interview that took like a year and a half to coordinate. And it finally happened. You don't think we're splitting up this
0: long interview just to buy ourselves time, are you? Trent, that would be nonsense. I'll... But also it's to make it much more digestible because I believe it's like an hour and 45 minutes. And it is an
1: hour and 46 minutes unedited. So I think like... no
0: one wants to listen to that in one sitting. And uh, I I sympathize.
1: I think our episodes that run one hour with intro and outro are already like asking a lot. We're pushing it. Yeah. And I think asking people to listen to what would end up being like a two hour episode would be kind of fucking nonsense.
0: I think the sweet spot of podcasting is around the 45 minute mark. Yeah. um, Which is something that we tend to exceed almost every week. Like, I, I, we've only have a handful... Like, something needs to go wrong during an episode for it to be, like, about 30 minutes, you
1: know? Uh, No offense to our episodes that are 20 <laughs> to 30 minutes long. But yeah, uh, that's our basic roadmap for the rest of the year. We are going to be coming out with regular, regular episodes as soon as January ends. It's just work. At first, this was a break dictated by work, and then both Trent and I were effectively fired from jobs we were going to have.
0: And we were excited about But now we're unemployed. And so
1: now... We're unemployed, so there's really no reason for this hiatus other than the fact that we are very tired. But
0: also, like, I think it's probably in everyone's best
1: interest. The thing is, like, I think, like, Trent and I, we realized, like, there were a few times during last summer where we were really grinding... Mm-hmm. And then we went. Okay, we're just gonna get this done, and then we don't have to see each other for like two to three weeks. And we did that. We came back two to three weeks later, like new men. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like, we were like actually excited to do.
0: I, I I was remember during the end of the summer where we had an interview like every like ev- like every two days or something, and like you know you love talking to people about movies and all, but like, jeez, like we're it's we... a lot of work. Yeah, at the grind. Um. Yeah. Such a hard, such a hard, such a hard life to have to watch Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith and then discuss it with like your peers.
1: Yeah. But speaking of the grind, we're grinding to get this episode out. And this episode is already going to be long, so we better get to it. Hey eh, Trent.
0: Yeah. Hey Parth. You know how we just bitched and moaned about how tired we are and about how it's the end of the year review. Let's quickly, if this is your first time or you're a new listener to the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And we're going to quickly uh, recommend some of our favorite interviews from this past year because sure. I'd say this was our first year with, like, actually consistently releasing things every Sunday or maybe Monday once or twice when Trent was irresponsible, much to Parth's chagrin. But, yeah, Parth, what were some of your favorites?
1: Well, Trent, I haven't had my list out yet, so how about you tell me some of your favorites? Cool.
0: Um... As far as interviews go, I think production designer Sam Lusanko, Judas and the Black Messiah, that was a great interview. Sure. I also very much enjoyed uh, Army of Darkness with second new director Doug Leffler.
1: That's definitely one of my favorites.
0: Um, having our first director ever, The Kid Detective with Evan Morgan, that was awesome. I also loved... All of our costume designer episodes are usually pretty good, so her with uh, Casey Storm who also worked on Zodiac. Like, that was really fucking dope. You got anything?
1: Yeah, I think our Edge of Tomorrow interview with Pierre mm. Bohanna was pretty cool. He made the Batsuit. If you guys haven't listened to any of our episodes, that would be a cool one to listen to. I think Steve Arnold was, like, the art director on Spider-Man. A lot of cool things there. I think
0: King uh, King of Staten Island with Scroogeinator Dave Cyrus was a big old move.
1: I would agree. At this point, we're kind of just listing every interview we did this year.
0: Yeah, maybe it's because we had some good guests.
1: I I think this was, uh, I mean, this is really our only full year we've done this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I would say I'm pretty fucking impressed with the amount. Oh, and Mark Sexton, that was a great interview. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Most recently, but but to be clear, we love all of our interviews.
0: Yes, all all episodes are created equal, just different amounts of equal. Um, okay, so you want to explain what we're gonna do today? We have some lists to present. And we're going to try to do it as quickly as possible. And with that being said, strap on your seatbelts for the
1: next hour or so. So we have four lists to get through. Uh, first, we have our top five movies of 2021 that we saw in 2021. Yep.
0: And were released in 2021. Yeah.
1: That were released in 2021. Then we have our top five that were seen in 2021, but not released in 2021.
0: But we watched it for the first time in the past year, and it affected us in some major way.
1: Then our top five of 2021 that we ended up not seeing because Trent we're and I lame. were talking and we're like, we, there's so many movies that were packed in the October to December range that we were unable to see due to, you know, school, yeah, general transportation issues, money issues, whatever you want.
0: Yeah. I, I would say the, the quick version is that between October and the end of the semester, uh, we were so busy with people's projects and, Going to RU Cinema to see a movie is one thing, but they just played fucking Eternals for a
1: lifetime. It was a little ridiculous how long Eternals was playing in all, like, three theaters, or all two—like, two out of three theaters.
0: And driving to AMC New Brunswick and losing my parking spot um, is really, like, a long bridge— um and also now it's a matter of like I'm free and I want to watch all these great movies but they're no longer in theaters and also they're not on VOD yet so I'm not going to pay 19.99 on YouTube to watch it. So um I will see I will see these movies sometime next year. For you know $7 is one thing. But $20 come on. Okay so um the fi- the final list
1: Our fourth list is Top 5 Anticipated Films of 2022.
0: Yeah, guys, we're not happy that we have
1: four lists either. And with that being said, let's get into it. So how we'll do it is Trent will say his fifth, and then I'll say my fifth, and then we'll we'll alternate.
0: Yes, you know, in the ways that lists usually go, getting from you know, uh, worse to best, but also everything that we're talking about here, we like, or at least are greatly anticipating. And I would say this, these aren't, not too much thought was put into ordering these. Um, some decisions will be made on the spot and I'll stop talking, um, by saying my number five was Malcolm and Marie. Hmm. You've
1: been an addict boring, you overdosing, not fucking interesting. It's about transferring your emotions and all those moments into something cinematic and moving. So, you know what? Good luck, Marie. I hate you. Oh, I hate you too. I hate you, more You fucking I hate you fucking.
0: One of I'd say the earliest 2021. Yeah, that's a that's releases. an early one. But this movie just did something different. Like is it Perfect? No, but I watched it, I've watched it at least twice, and it's just enjoyable, it's a big swing, I love John David Washington, I like Zendaya, like, what's not to like? People have their complaints about this movie, and I will field those uh, all day long, but it tried something new and big, and I like movies about people talking, and movies about people in the art world talking, and... Want to know what people who make movies like? Movies about making movies. And this is exactly that.
1: I wasn't as hot in this as you and friend of the show, Jackson Clark, are. Mm-hmm. But I definitely enjoyed large sections of this movie. And I uh, I very much appreciated the ambition. And it's one of the few movies made during the pandemic, like early on in the pandemic, that didn't make me want to like... gouge yeah, my eyes out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think I'm at a point in
0: my life where I'm just... What I'm looking for is a big swing, and whether or not it hits the baseball is another question, but I like I like f- people with a vision who fucking go for it. Sure. And what's his name? Sam Levinson? Yeah. Like, he's a young guy. I feel like he's going to make movies. And he made Euphoria. Yeah, he's going to make movies that people are going to be talking about probably for the next 40 years or so. So I hope that... I, you know, I, I hope he keeps making people talk and walk around the house and make mac and cheese and yell at each other.
1: Speaking of big swings, my number five is The Green Knight,
0: mm. the David Lowery film.
1: But this is not that king.
0: Nor is this his song. Let me tell you instead a new tale. I lay it down as I've heard it told. Its letters set, its history pressed, of an adventure brave and bold. Forever set, in heart, in stone.
1: say this was kind of one that snuck on this list. Uh, as I'll end up saying with this entire list, um, 2021 was kind of not a great year for me in terms of movies I was excited for. Most of them... You got a lot of, them, of postponed movies. Yeah. A, a lot of the movies I was excited for in 2021 ended up getting pushed to 2022. And then a lot of the movies that in, did end up coming out in 2021 disappointed me. But The Green Knight was definitely something that... I need to rewatch because I saw it probably like two, three days ago. And it just stuck with me. I thought it was really cool, really unique. However you feel about the movie itself, it's a little upsetting that it was made for $17 million. And there's movies made for 10, 20 times that amount that look like awful, significantly yeah. worse. And this Compared movie, to this especially. it It reminded me of how Last Black Man in San Francisco looks like Fucking beautiful. And I believe it's two, two million dollar budget. Two million dollar four million dollar budget, something like that.
0: So I I also saw at least the first sixty percent of the Green Knight and um I This isn't a big thing for me, but I left the theater, but for no reason relating to the movie, I... I remember this. I I watched the Anthony Bourdain documentary, Roadrunner, which was really enjoyable, and I just had, like, another hour to kill, and so I went to another theater and watched the first hour of The Green Knight, and I know everyone says that the second half is stronger... But I would agree. I've started to learn that my viewing, like how much I like a movie, is so dependent on the mood I'm in going into that movie. Which, like, not to spoil anyone's list, but like the French Dispatch, like it. I love Wes Anderson, and like I genuinely, I generally like that movie, but I think it won't be making an appearance just because I was a little bit cranky when I went to see it.
1: So moving along, what's your number four?
0: My number four, I would say is uh, Ridley
1: Scott's House of Gucci. I knew this was making an appearance. Yeah, which is shocking. You have a gift I'm telling you. Oh, stop. Stop, you're going to make me... You're going to make me cry. Nobody has ever said that to me. Nobody. Paolo, why don't you have your own line? These are just mock-ups. I can't
0: afford to get serious. With your gift? And your talent and your vision. Are you kidding? Gucci needs no blood. Goodbye, 1930s.
1: Hello, 80s. Huh? Ah. Well, you took your words right after my gods. Hello, Gucci is Fuck.
0: I saw, like, it, it had bad reviews. Everyone was saying it was too long. It's over two and a half hours, which is a general rule of thumb that. I, that movie has to have a really good reason to, to be that long. And I just laughed my ass off. What a great time. You know, I loved all the performances, like, good or bad accents. Like... I really it it was funny, it told an interesting story. Like Adam Driver kind of never misses. Like Ridley Scott, he's literally a fossil and he's spitting out like some of the most commercially successful movies like back to back in the same year and that's just like so impressive. So go see House of Gucci, like it's also beautiful. Like I've heard people say that Last Duel is even better. And maybe that'll be a friend on. of the
1: show, Jackson Clark, told me just before we started recording that The Last Duel is fucking awesome. And yeah. maybe it's making an appearance on one of our lists. We'll see. All right, you? My number four is Old, another movie oh! I was laughing my ass off at. Everything's gonna be okay. What's your name? I'm Trent. This is my sister, Maddox. How old are you, guys? I'll guess I'm good at this. <laughs> You're 11, right, Trent? I'm six. No. Really, are you 10, 11? So I think that Old is a little bit of a shocking movie, because I don't think it's necessarily, like, a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's, like, one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a really long time, and something where I don't care who you are, if you predict the ending, like... I- like, you're a mastermind. I don't know what to say. I The, the last, the third act of this movie is fucking bonkers. Yeah. And I, I kind of just want to move on because all I'll say is just watch Old. Just watch it.
0: Yeah, laugh, like, laughter wasn't my immediate response to Old, but I have to, I was just so engaged. Like, with Shyamalan, it's fair to assume there's going to be a twist.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Sometimes it's a twist. Sometimes it's a reveal. He he just likes to make his windy, twisty, turny movies. And in this one, you
0: think, you know, where you think, you know, where it's going. And you're like, wow, I like because you watch the trailer and you're like, this is the premise. It's a beach that makes you old. And then there's more.
1: Yeah. And what's more there is, is like fucking bonkers. Yeah, I would say so.
0: All right. You want num- n- to move this along to
1: number three. I would say my number
0: three is uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Whoa. Yeah. I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad about what I said about what you said about me not being able to share a thing.
1: I didn't realize we liked it that much. This is like the year of like the musical. Mm. At least in, th- I have a feeling I know what's in year one or two.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> at least in the way that "Tick Tick Boom" and "In the Heights," which I will not be mentioning, I really enjoyed both. But like this, like Andrew Garfield in more ways than one. Like mm. he, his. He's already at, like,
1: the peak of his powers, and at the same time, like, his career is, like, just starting. I would definitely agree that he gives a really good performance. Because it 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 feels um really honest. It doesn't feel... This is a movie that, in the wrong hands and with the wrong people making it, it could have been, like, really sentimental and, like, overbearing. Yeah. And I think everyone involved was... Coming at it from a very honest place.
0: I think Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the director, obviously didn't write the songs, and so he can't. Uh, we can't give them credit for that. But these songs are just really fucking catchy. Yeah. And when it comes to a musical, having catchy songs really helps. Hey, catchy songs
1: brings me into my number three. I'm amazed by the lack of overlap
0: so far, and I don't think that'll continue much longer.
1: I have a feeling our not-seen our top five 2021 not seen is going to be similar.
0: Okay. Out with it, number three.
1: Number three is Last Night in Soho. Miss Silo Black. Hello, you're a gorgeous creature. What's your name? Sandy. Go to join my friends and I, Sandy? Thanks,
0: but I'm here to meet the owner.
1: I am the owner. Oh, I doubt that. I'm whatever you want me to be, Sandy. Mm. (laughs) To get it out of the way, I think the ending of this movie is not perfect it's not great but i don't like hate it in the way that some people do i think it just maybe rushes a little bit to the finish line that being said i think about 70 to 80 percent of this movie is fucking great and i think it's really awesome that edgar wright has kind of been able to move away from not comedy necessarily but like ironic or satire type films and able to just make like a psychological thriller, you know. Especially
0: coming off Baby Driver, which is like his style but like plus an action movie and like plus like a musical. Yeah. Like he is only broadening his capabilities and each time he does it I'm like this guy like doesn't miss.
1: Yeah. It it, it was just a really fun time. A really is great to see an original film. You know, I actually I th- I would say 3 out of my 5 films. And my top five movies are original films. I I think that's says something. Well, I guess two out of five. I guess the Green Knights based on something.
0: Yeah, like a yeah a poem from like the you know the fourth fucking century. I think you can cut yourself a break. I don't think I don't think like Disney is gonna snatch up that IP. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Trent, what's your number two? Hit me with it.
0: My number two uh, is Steven Spielberg's West Side story mm. I figured we were we were gonna come to this we're heading in this general direction <laughs> Speaking of songs, like, this is the musical with the most cohesive and, um, just best set of overall songs. Like, all fucking bangers. Uncle Steve knows exactly what he's doing. Ansel Elgort, like, people have been
1: complaining. Like, I think he's great. And I know you have- Piece of shit. Awful person. Is he a bad person? I had no idea. Oh, no, he's, like, he's, like, credibly accused of, like, rape and, uh, soliciting and- Uh, coercing minors. Well, this isn't good. No.
0: Okay, let me compliment other aspects
1: of this movie then. R- remember, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to find out this way on air. I feel like
0: I always come on the show and I'm like, oh, Mark Wahlberg, what a performance! And then you're like, Trent, you should know about all of his hate crimes. Is well, it's I mean, it just like me learning like which celebrities have done terrible things.
1: In fairness, this movie was made before
0: any of this came out. So is Ansel Augur like not gonna be in stuff anymore?
1: Like I I don't know. I really hear- don't well, I mean he was at the premiere of this so I don't know if he's quote unquote cancelled
0: You know the world works in funny ways in the way that um, the uh, Death on the Nile not a movie that I think we'll be speaking out much more but if you go to the movie theaters they'll, they'll they play trailers for it and Army Hammer is still like is strategically edited to be less in the picture but he's still there Yeah. And I figured that they would do, like, a Kevin Spacey, like, we're gonna work around, we're gonna, like, reshoot his scenes, the new actor, or we're just gonna cut his part entirely. But no,
1: he's there. I mean, like, the thing is, the Kevin Spacey situation, I mean, shitty as it is, was a... The Me Too movement had begun, and so it was commercially viable for a studio to have a lot of press saying we reshot yeah once we found out i don't see that situation happening for a mid budget movie anytime soon i was
0: just going to say i think uh death on the nile is already going to lose money yeah. and uh people already didn't care like i like agatha christie but like most people don't give a shit and i think now even like less people are going to see it and it's been delayed and it's going to be released just i think it's just going to fucking flop but let me let just briefly about West Side Story. It was an unenviable task to remake this movie cuz the original is so iconic and and beloved and this was like universally considered a bad idea and he, they fucking pulled it off. They changed some things and a lot stayed the same, and, but it's like totally different, and new, and exciting, and fun. And um like it's my I loved it. I loved it. I saw it on Christmas with my family, and, you know, we sang the Jet song. What, what more do you want?
1: Uh, my number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. Someone had to do it. Parth,
0: you, Parth you're you a superhero. Hello, Peter. Hi? Do, we, do I know you? What have you done with my machine? Uh, your machine. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. What machine? The-
1: Do you want to play games?
0: Catch! Don't worry, ma'am! I'm coming!
1: call me whatever you want, call me a shill, call me an MCU stan. I didn't put this on my list out of fear. I love Spider-Man, Yeah, and too. I am not a fan. I have not loved the previous two MCU movies with him, and there's definitely issues I have with this movie, but watching a Spider-Man movie on the big screen yeah, with my brother in theaters... And being like, wow, this feels like a solid Spider-Man story. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was really great. And seeing Willem Dafoe give the performance of his fucking lifetime, you know, just killing it. Like, everybody just killing it. it was It was just great. It was a really fun time. I saw it twice in theaters. I... Yeah, I I don't want to say much about this movie for fear of spoiling. I mean, at this point, it's like a a, a while out, but I
0: I, like I didn't see this movie until like like five days after it was released. And I was afraid it was going to be spoiled, even though I think anyone who doesn't live under a rock had a general idea of what was coming their way. But now I think the Internet really is not holding back because if you haven't if you haven't seen it by this
1: point, like you've kind of like missed your chance. What I will say is I was not at all excited for this movie, despite the things that were rumored about it, because I was not a huge fan of the previous MCU movies, and it all the things I was reading about it felt very driven by corporate interests, and not. it felt like this was not going to be a real movie. And I think it was. And some of it, can you can say, is driven by it, but it felt like a movie. It didn't feel... You know, like a smorgasbord board or whatever the fuck you want to call. It. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt, it felt like a cohesive
0: thing. Mono, it was a joyous romp. It was just like a really, bl- like, pleasant two and a half hours. Like, it flew yeah. by. And I, I call me crazy. I love Spider Man. Yeah. I, I love Spider Mans. Man.
1: Uh, 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 seeing, seeing a Spider Man movie in theaters, like a new Spider Man content that I genuinely liked in a crowded theater that people, meant something to people me. people oohing ooing and awing. anyways don't get me talking about Spider-Man Trent we'll be here all day we have three other lists to do so let's let's finish this one off what's your number one maybe no surprise to anyone uh, Paul
0: Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza what are your plans I don't know
1: what's your future look like I don't know How do you like working at Tiny Toes? I hate working at Tiny Toes.
0: A short anecdote. Saw this the day after Christmas, and this is probably my most anticipated movie of the year. Um, And it was so good that I went the other day to see The Matrix Resurrections, and about halfway through, I was like, this um, is so bad that I need to walk down the hallway. Coward. I need to walk down the hallway and Powered. and watch, like, half an hour of Licorice Pizza just to redeem my faith in humanity, remind myself why I love making movies. And then um, I stayed through the entire credits of Licorice Pizza because I was like, I think these credits are probably more enjoyable than the third act of The Matrix Resurrections. And then once the credits were complete... I had the courage to return, watch the last ten minutes. Now I have a cohesive idea of what was going on there, and I'll watch the rest on HBO Max. But Licorice Pizza, I like. I I read some. Sometimes when I want to feel good about myself, I look up one star reviews of movies that are like considered masterpieces, or movies just I love personally. And I spent a lot of time today looking at one star reviews of Licorice Pizza and scoffing at them because this movie's. Like what? Like, like, like that? Like, there are so few auteurs left, and PTA is one of them. And when he or Tarantino or Martin Scorsese or Edgar Wright releases a movie for the rest of their lives, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be fucking jazzed because,
1: you know, they're they're the last of a dying breed. Speaking of auteur cinema, can I get into my number one? Wait, yeah, please. Uh, my number one is a movie that I was excited for but would never have expected this to be my number one. It is D'Evil Villeneuve's Dune. Oh,
0: wow. Give me the water. water.
1: almost i saw this in imax with friend of the show clara pell friend of the show chloe ditloff friend of the show uh sophia alexis it seems like
0: our our real lives and the pod are becoming more and more intertwined each day
1: and it just so happened that previous semi friend of the show alex lane was also mm-hmm. at that same theater though not with me we had separate plans okay no we saw this in imax it was It was a transportative experience. And very few movies that I've ever seen have really made me feel like that in a theater. Mm -hmm. Um, I never got the chance to experience Lord of the Rings in theaters having remembered it. I love Harry Potter, but that was 10 years ago when that ended. You know, seeing like a new world be depicted on screen in this way and then having it come to the end and be like, I want more. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later, finding out. I'm getting more. It's 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 magical, Trent. It's magical.
0: Yeah. Speaking of IMAX, the I think the only movie I ever saw in IMAX was Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, and I I'd seen it in regular format, and then I had no, I'd never do anything on New Year's Eve, and me and my dad were just at the house doing nothing, and he was like, "You want to go see Star Wars again in IMAX?" And the increase in quality cannot be understated. Yeah. And so now this year, I think for new year's a little tradition, I think we're going to see Spider-Man in IMAX. Nice. And I think it's going to be fucking awesome. Like I like yeah, no. Yeah, that.
1: Well, it's time to move along to top 5 movies we saw in 2021 that were not actually from 2021. Trent, what's your number 5? Hit me with it.
0: Um, my number five, in no particular order, is uh, School of Rock. You. What do you got? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Teach. 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 All right. Look. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover.
1: Was this something I have the duck related
0: perhaps? Uh m- m- I mean, most certainly. Um, I mean, friend of the show Adam Volrich, very much likes,
1: and future friend of the show Dom Nero.
0: Yeah. Um, I- uh, this is a movie that was like in my periphery for years, and I was like, how can this movie be good? It like seems like it's for children, and then I watched it, and I was like that was, like, the most enjoyable and, like, pure, blissful two hours I've had in a while. Like, Jack Black, like, I know now he just, like, runs around and, like, shoots his kid with water guns. Um, And, like, that's his life now. Also, not a bad life. Um, But in his prime, like, he is, like, on, he's unmatched. Like, what he's capable of and, like, controlling the
1: screen. That he's on fire. My number five is, uh, you You definitely do not know this movie, is a Saudi Arabian film called Wajda. Uh, it's a movie that came out in 2012, and my mom showed it to me, and it's it was really fun. It was really cool. Turkey, Saleh, Ali, Rahman,
0: Abdul Aziz, Rashid, Tawah, Abu. Yeah, I don't know anything about international film, so... So, on to number four. Trent, what do you have? Uh, my number four is um, Under the Silver Lake, which mm. also is... And more Andrew Garfield. I was just going to say, m- more Andrew Garfield. Maybe he's been in two other movies we've talked about? Interesting. <laughs> 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 I think it is gross. <laughs> but when I was sick in grade school... I ate my saltines and not my chicken noodle, and then I took a sip of OJ and it was delicious. This I'm thinking of the director's name. Is it David Gordon Green or am I crazy? Definitely not. No, that's a different guy. I know it's a guy with a three part
1: name. David Gordon Green did the recent Halloween.
0: Oh, it's David Robert Mitchell.
1: Okay, so you don't you don't you're not asked to. I'm I'm that
0: not sound? that I'm not that far off. This movie is awesome. Like, go watch it. Like, I don't want to say that much more, but I've it's... I've heard. I've never seen it, but I've heard really good things. The the vibe is unlike... It's kind of like the Kid Detective, actually. Really? Like, I, I, I brought this... I forgot the other movie I compared it to. Um. But during our interview with him, I said, has anyone compared your movie to Under the Silver Lake? And he said 100. He said multiple people have brought this up. That's an awesome twisty-turny movie. It's like i I would... Think a smarter person would describe it as a as a neo noir, but it's basically like a detective film, but like like a, a young person's detective film. And it's great.
1: Go watch nice. it. My number four is also an eye of the duck related. Uh, r- r- it was a movie they covered that I ended up watching, and it's the Wachowski sisters' film, Speed Racer. Whoa. <laughs>
0: So oh, oh! Khan team roars into the lead behind some very aggressive driving by Speed Racer. So me? this
1: is a movie I had heard was awful, like really terrible. Yeah, it has a has a bad reputation, and I watched it and I was like this is pretty cool. It's I can definitely understand why it doesn't work for some people, but I think
0: your review was that, like, if you saw it while you were 8, you would have lost your damn mind.
1: Yeah. I think, like, this would have been, like, on repeat. Because I think this is, like... It, it captures a similar thing I think, like, Spy Kids does. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, unhinged. It's absolutely fucking insane. And really well made, really fun. I... I don't know. I just had a good time. So I'm not... I think having
0: a good time, like, cannot be under... understated yeah Yeah. um my number three is um Michael Mann's Heat
1: finally you see me doing thrill-seeker liquor store holdups with a Born to Lose tattoo on my chest
0: no I do not
1: right I am never going back then don't take down scores I do what I do best I take scores you do what you do best trying to stop guys like me
0: I probably watched it at the beginning of this year, but it's just now a movie that I like to reference a lot because it's great, and I love Al Pacino.
1: Oh, oh, a lot of stuff.
0: Oh, wait, but more importantly, I love Robert De Niro, and guys, they're both in this fucking movie, and that doesn't happen that often. Like, like, wa- like, watching Al Pacino and Robert De Niro have a conversation at a diner is literally like if Spider-Man and Batman
1: fought. I watched Heat for the first time last year, And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, it it blew my damn mind. Yeah. You want to know another movie that blew my damn mind? My number three? Sure. It's Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove.
0: Wow. Do I take it, sir, that you are
1: threatening a bother officer with a gun? Mandrake, I suppose it never occurred to you that while we're
0: chatting here so enjoyably, a decision is being made by the president and the Joint Chiefs in the war room at the Pentagon. And when they realize there is no possibility of recalling the wing, there will be only one course of action open. Total commitment. I love that movie. And like I watched it when I was 14, and I was like, oh, I know what's going on, and I didn't at all. And then I watched it like
1: a year ago, and I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. I'd been dragging my feet on watching this, I don't know why, but uh, a friend of the show, Sophia Alexis, uh, bought me the Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Whoa. And I was like, I have this, and I watched it with my family, and I was like, this is, like, riveting. This is really good.
0: Yeah, I watched it with my dad, and I was like, this is a movie you watch with your
1: dad. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It It was very cool.
0: Like, I feel like movies, like, at least comedies from, I mean, it's, like, almost 60 years old at this point, my math is yeah Um, like comedies especially like jokes don't age well because people's sense of humor is so based in the time of release and like what this movie is so funny and uh, absurd and ridiculous and it holds up your number two my number two is is Rob Reiner's misery wow I'm your number one fan
1: there is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'll take good
0: care of you. This year, I've taken a new sentimental appreciation for Stand By Me. And as a offshoot of that, I thought Rob Reiner, Stephen King
1: adaptation. I remember getting a text from Trent uh, saying, why the fuck have we not been talking about Rob Reiner? He has like a list of like A-plus movies.
0: Yeah, Stand By Me. Misery and When Harry Met Sally are all fucking bangers, and,
1: and uh, I know you haven't seen this, but A Few Good Men with TC, my I've guy, se- I've seen A you Few Have? Good Men. We watched oh. it.
0: We watched it in Naval Science, junior oh, year oh, in high oh. school. Okay, okay, it's uh, great. You
1: can't handle the truth.
0: You can't handle
1: the truth. Kind of yeah, like no. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I, my complaint is why was Rob Reiner not a household name? These are American classics, and it's just like a full like. How do I say this? Sometimes I walk out of a movie in this day and age and I'm like I was just there for two hours and like I don't even feel like a story but like Mm -hmm. like misery like it starts one place, two hours later you're in someplace very different and what happened in in, in between? A bunch of story. Yeah. I'm a
1: sucker for for a good plot. Call me crazy. Speaking of classics, we finally I closed the loop on a movie that I've long said I'd never seen and was l- given shit for endlessly. Good fouls? No. I've yet to finish that. I'm sorry, Trent. Damn you. But, Trent, this is one that'll make you happy. I saw Steven Spielberg's Jaws.
0: You heard him? Slow ahead! Slow ahead, I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable that it it had taken you this long. I Like, I guess, what'd you think? Like, what's your hot take on Jaws? There's not much of a hot take to have. Like, would you, would you miss the third act? Like, the best part of the fucking movie? No, I'd never seen it before. I'm not I, kidding. I don't know what to tell you. I'd never seen it before. Wow. Like I wrote my college essay about Jaws, like one of my earliest memories is being in a hotel room in Hawaii and you know, we were in this very tropical place and Jaws was on TV and my mom was like let's just let's just stay here all day and watch the rest of Jaws and I remember the head
1: popping out of the boat and I was super freaked out. It was my one hot take I guess is that there's this 20 minute section towards the end of the third act that I think like Could have shortened that to like fifteen or ten. What's the twenty-minute section? When they're when they're like chasing Jaws. I mean, Jaws the shark. Jaws the shark. Uh, when they're chasing the shark on the boat, and it's just them sailing. Like, I feel like you could have cut down on that a little bit. But that's me also being like an asshole. Yeah, because. Like the rest of the movie is just like so well made, top and five well done. most
0: important movies of all time, um, okay. and and also just like the three central performances, like I could watch them shoot the shit on a boat all day long. Like they don't make them like that anymore. They
1: don't. But Trent, enough, enough talking about my uh, shortcomings in movie watching. Let's move on to something you saw. What's your number one?
0: My number one is John Carpenter's The Thing. Which is a movie
1: I've been meaning to watch for a long, Trent, long time. Trent, we're, we're gonna be seeing eye to eye pretty soon.
0: Oh, oh, I I don't I don't know where this is going.
1: It isn't Benedict.
0: I can't act like I have anything particularly original to say about the thing, but um, the hype, the hype is real. Like the the creature effects is um, unlike anything I feel like I will see for the rest of my life. And the only way I can put it is that I watched this in broad daylight on my laptop at like 11 a.m. And, se- I, you know, I'm a grown adult and I know that it's a movie. And several times, like a fucking dog or
1: a person would explode and I would pause and I'd be like holy shit <laughs> I'm just gonna jump the gun and say that I ha- I cheated for my top one because I felt that these two movies were they occupy a similar space mm-hmm. and they are one Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and two John Carpenter's The Thing what should be done with him <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't think that's true. Yeah, w- wow, Parth, I, uh, not to plug Eye the Duck too much, but do you know about
1: Winter? Oh, yeah, winter, oh, yeah. and win- we can we can finally release it, because they've finally released it.
0: Yeah, well, their, their upcoming miniseries is Winter Hell, which they're going to talk about a bunch of movies about the cold, and those are some cold fucking movies, The Shining and The Thing. Wait, what? what's your hot take on The Shining?
1: I have no hot take on The Shining. Uh, not even like, ah, there's a part that was slow. No, The Shining's perfect. Uh, the similar experience I had, other than the obvious, they're about the cold. They're kind of like, they make you feel icky. They're like scary, but not in like a jump scare kind of way. They're just like terrifying mm-hmm. in like a psychological um, fucked up way. They both were movies that I was like, "I know I will like this movie. I don't think I will like this movie to the extent that people like this movie.
0: I think the shining is like pretty much the definition of perfect uh the thing I think like like I'm not gonna talk about like the performances like i i don't I don't think they're particularly notable, and I don't think like there's a lot of like story, but one of the story
1: is like monster like well like i I would argue that like the thing has a thing it's trying to accomplish and it accomplishes that perfectly for what it is trying to do it is a perfect movie like obviously the shining is probably like a deeper movie Mm -hmm. but i think if i had to choose a true number one i think the thing would be there mostly because i assume the shining would be you know it's the fucking shining whereas the thing it's not like it's, it's held in high regard, but not that high in regard. And friend of the show, Clara Pell, actually convinced us to watch it because as we lived together and we watched it during October, during spooky season. And I will forever thank her for it because we saw, like, some shitty, like, DVD zoomed-in cover of this fucking movie. And even still, even then, that shitty non-HD quality, I was able to get scared.
0: Like, yeah, the thing took my breath away in a way that, like, I didn't know that movies still, like, had the capacity to do. Um, alright, I, I know this is crazy, but do you want to move on to list three?
1: I think we should, like, zoom past list three, because the listeners, okay. they're already about an hour into this. And also, we haven't even seen these movies, so we can't
0: even talk about them that long. Alright, speed run number five. Last Night in Soho.
1: I missed. Really want to see it. My number five is The Card Counter. Never saw uh,
0: I watched the first hour of The Card Counter, and I was really- I remember into- you being bored. Yeah, but I sensed that the second half was really going to pick up.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and I've heard mostly good things about it. Um, another one I missed is Sean Baker's Red Rocket, which
1: I've heard only mm. good things about. I have heard good things about that. My number four is Spencer, the Kirsten oh. Stewart movie.
0: I heard she's probably going to win an Oscar for that. Um, another one I missed, Come On, Come On. Mike Mills. Mike Mills. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I think it's going to be great. Uh, like, that sounds like, it's A24? Or am I crazy?
1: I don't think it is, but I could also, I'm very, po- I don't know much about that movie. But all the honesty.
0: all the ingredients sound like catnip for me. Like, Joaquin yeah. is like one of the last like movie stars of our lifetime. Or not, I don't know if movie star is the right word. Like, not in the same He's, way. like, a
1: great actor. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Like, yeah. you can go. I would say, like, in terms of character actors that, like, lead movies, he's one
0: of the last of that. I kind. think he's one of the only people you can go to and be like, he's going to do something bold.
1: And, like, it's going to be entertaining no matter what. All right. My number three is The French Dispatch. Never mm. saw it. Really want to. Uh,
0: The Last Duel. That's my number two. Nice,
1: yeah. I really want to see that. Heard it's good from pretty much everybody that I know and respect: Adam Driver, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Ridley
0: Scott. That's Joey sounds, Comer.
1: What's yeah, go
0: wrong. That sounds like a, a recipe for success. Trent, you're
1: number one. What is it?
0: Like this is an accident, but uh, the Green Knight slash Many Saints of Newark. Like I know mm. those are very. Oh, different. you
1: haven't seen? You're fucking Sopranos fanatic. I, I would go as far as to say I'm an addict. Um, yeah Trent uses my HBO Max account and every now and then I log in and I'm like what What fucking episode are you watching right now this is so random I go to sleep to the Sopranos every night
0: it rocks me to bed um, basically I haven't watched it because I know that I'm going to be disappointed in some capacity and also I need to leave some Sopranos content for me to discover right. because I've seen 98% of the Sopranos material that I will see for the rest of my life
1: my number one, to no one's surprise, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. I've been hyped for this movie since gotta, it was going to be. It. I know, I know. There were plans too, and then my mom bailed on me, so Lame. I never ended up seeing it. Lame mom.
0: Perfect. All right,
1: on our on to our last list of this end of year special. Yeah. Uh, your top five most anticipated films of 2022. What's your number five trend?
0: Here's a movie. Until about an hour ago, I didn't even know was going to happen or was existed. A movie called Nope, uh, which is the third film by Jordan, Jordan Piat, Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yoon, coming out July twenty second. I mean, Jordan Peele was prominently featured on our you know best living best working directors list, but um, I can't see myself not being excited for one of his new releases and thinking that sure. he's not gonna like make some. Big
1: creative decisions. This is also my number five. Awesome. What's your number four?
0: How about The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicholas Cage?
1: Starring Nicholas Cage. Cage.
0: As Nicholas Cage.
1: Nick, you've been living at the Sunset Tower
0: for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000.
1: Okay, I'm gonna deal with all that, but I'm gonna get this next role. And when I do,
0: all of that changes. Um, I like. Movies where actors play themselves, and I just watched the trailer for this, and I'm super
1: hyped. Nice, you my number four is the Northman. Your fate is set, and you cannot escape it.
0: How <laughs> oh, I've missed you, my son. One day, this kingdom will be
1: yours. Thank you, father, my king. <laughs> the Robert Eggers movie. Mm. It's looking kind of cool. And, fun fact, Robert Eggers came, or er, talked at our school while he was filming.
0: Yeah, during, during Licorice Pizza, when Benny Safdie was, he's a supporting cast member, I leaned over to my dad and I said, hey, dad, I shook that guy's hand.
1: That's and
0: true. He, it's kind of a cool part about, you know. Being, going to film school? Going to film school. It has its moments. Next, I will say, coming out January 14th, is
1: Scream.
0: I guess it's really Scream 5.
1: Yeah, but they're doing but they're, the whole thing, were they? It's like Halloween.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I, don't like that. I think it should be called Scream 5, but... I agree.
1: Hello? It's happening.
0: Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun?
1: I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun.
0: Like, I don't think this movie is going to be good. But I'm 100% going to go watch it, and I can almost guarantee I'm really going to enjoy myself.
1: Fun fact, I watched the original Scream for the first time this year as well, and I really liked it. It just didn't end up being on this, but it it was a good movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think releasing this in January and not around October is kind of, like,
1: deeply questionable. What's your number three? Number three is not a movie that I'm, like, I don't know how good it's going to be, But I'm a Sam Raimi fanatic, and he's making a Doctor Strange movie. So it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I knew sooner or later you'd show up. I made mistakes, and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Then what are you here for? I need your help. With what? What do you know about the multiverse? Mm. And Sam Raimi hasn't made a movie in eight years. He's finally coming back with one. And What was his last movie? Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, kill me. Yeah, nah. Well, Sam Raimi likes Doctor Strange, and I'm very intrigued to see what he does. I hope the MCU allows him to do it. My number two is The Tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Hear it not, Duncan, for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven or to hell. Is that a 2022 move? The internet seems to think so.
1: Do you not think so? Oh, you know what it is? It got released technically in theaters Christmas this year. So I was counting that as 2021. But it's getting released on Apple TV January 14th. So we're both right.
0: Okay, we're also both wrong. But no one who's listening to this probably has seen it until the calendar, you know, changes over. Um, So for the sake of conversation, Coen Brothers... Well, just the one Cohen. Oh, is it? It's just Joel Cohen. Cohen Bro, not bros.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: but uh it's
1: Den- still exciting. Denzel, yeah. Yeah. Denzel and um Francis McDormand.
0: Like, it doesn't necessarily seem like my breed of movie, but
1: I don't see a world where this won't be really good. Sure. Uh my number two is Matt Reeves, The Batman. Hmm.
0: If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be?
1: I'm vengeance. I love Batman. Took he's my number my, one away from me. He's my second favorite superhero. And he's like, just, he's just below Spider Man for me. But I love Batman. I love everything I've seen so far from this movie. And I can't see a world in which it's like bad. I, I feel like it will be good. Like The Dark Knight
0: was like gritty Batman. And the trailer for this, it's like, oh, we
1: can get even grittier. Sure. And it also looks. Grittier in, like, a, st- a story-serving way, not, like, Zack Snyder, I'm-just-gonna-make-him-kill-people way. And, like,
0: I, it was meant to be, like, there was there was Baffleck and one of those now, there's Battinson. That's true. Um, And Robert Pattinson... He's not an obvious choice, but uh, he looks so fucking good. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, Spider-Man. Okay, like, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland like Andrew Garfield sort of is like the most interesting actor out of the three of those to play Spider-Man. And now I think Robert Pattinson is kind of like one of the more interesting working actors who you could have play a mainstream role. And like yeah. they're they're going to bring a gravitas to it.
1: Sure. So did I steal your number 1?
0: You did, so I will say my bonus uh which is the Bob's Burger the movie <laughs> Bob's Burgers the movie. <laughs> which isn't my most anticipated film but like I'm 100% going to go see it and like I can sure. almost guarantee it's going to be a bunch of fun. I
1: don't know if you like I don't know if you like that show or not. I've not the the one r- piece of relationship I have with that show is learning that one of the people that voices a character on it apparently participated in the insurrection this year. Oh no. Yeah. Do you know which character? It's like a side character. I don't remember. It- uh, I'll talk. I'll find it out off air. But yeah,
0: that, that's not ideal. But also, that would be like if you told me that like a background dancer in West Side Story was a white white supremacist. I'd be like, well, or that's if I not. told you
1: that like one of the main two leads is like a rapist.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, all of the above is not ideal. But is it? Did Steven Spielberg know? I, pro-
1: probably not. Probably not. Not at uh, the time. What's your number one? My number one it's a cheat and it's something you may recognize from last year because one of these movies or actually both these movies was supposed to come out last year top gun maverick and mission impossible 7 the end is inevitable maverick you kind of set it for extinction maybe so sir but not today Yeah, this is a cheat. Yeah, but I'm really... I'm thinking these movies do come out this year, actually. Tom, Tom Cruise, baby. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I already did this last year, but uh, Tom Cruise, for whatever his weird, personal, uh, questionable choices we can talk about, Uh, he's like the last great movie star that still brings in money. And I think he puts in in a ridiculous amount of work into making an experience for an audience that's something that nobody other than him can make. And I am so fucking stoked to see him, like, I don't know, fly planes and, like, uh, I don't know, like, fight on a train and I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Some insane shit. I saw,
0: do you know the bullshit things on Snapchat
1: yes and yeah. it's
0: and it's like oh it's actually me and or not not that it was like tom cruise answers the most commonly asked questions, and it was like can tom cruise fly helicopter and he took it off and he went yeah and then again can tom cruise play the guitar and he was like yeah and i swear he went on the whole list of all these ridiculous things
1: of like can tom cruise skydive and he's like yep so like he does it all. What can't he do? Like like the first day of filming for Mission Impossible Seven was riding a motorcycle off a ramp that was on the cliff <laughs> of some mountain, riding that motorcycle off this cliff, letting go of the motorcycle, and then parachuting down like what what the fuck is that? Who does that? The more we talk to people who've met Tom Cruise,
0: the more I like him and also the more footage I see of him on set. He's, I just like really like his attitude. And like, yes. there's something magical, whether it be Steven Spielberg or QTs, mm-hmm. like, because we love making movies or Tom Cruise, of just like, I clearly love this with like my whole being. That just yeah. like, what, like, as, some, I as love as, as a passion, as a movie watcher, like, that's what you want out of a
1: movie maker. And I, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that MI7 or Top Gun 2 will be like the best movies of the year, but I can assure you they will be on my top five because they will be unlike anything else another movie can offer. With that, and with that, we just wrapped up our our list of lists. Yeah, we're done. This is our last episode of 2021, Trent. It's our 75th. Congrats! Way to go, us. We did it, Parth and Trent, the
0: host of yeah. the show. Um. I guess thanks to every, all the, the guests who made this possible, all the great interviewees. Thanks to all the listeners for listening. Uh, we wouldn't do this if we had zero listeners, but we have between one and say 500 listeners. Yeah. And uh, so didn't we break 600? We did. Uh, I believe this month we got up to 600 monthly listens. And that's good. That's cool. I like twenty twenty two
1: could be like the year of the craft. I think twenty twenty two has something enticing things to offer.
0: Yeah, like like this year was pretty
1: good, and like we were still kind of finding our footing. Yeah. Um, so with that said, thank you everybody for listening. It really means a lot. It would mean a lot if you could go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify give us a review. Or give us go to Spotify, give us a ranking. Yep. It would mean quite a bit share this around to your friends tell them about it it really does help and see you guys in 2022
0: and see us january 2nd for our revenge of the sith discussion that it's going to be a fucking banger and other than that um good night
1: and good luck